Y'all want to just go ahead and start? It's like two minutes till. It's like watching paint dry, you know? <laughs> like, can we just go ahead? Yeah, let's do. Let's start with our theme song this morning. I'm going to praise the Lord. Welcome to Kavanaugh Church. We're so glad that you're here. We are going to praise the Lord today. We have been set free by Jesus. 
wow, we have forgiveness, well, guilt is gone, we have eternal life in heaven, we should be rejoicing today. If you know Jesus as your Savior, and if you don't know him as your Savior, we will tell you today how you can from God's Word. Uh, so glad that each and every one of you are here today. If you're joining us as a guest, thank you so much for coming, and we ask a favor of you. If you'll look in the pew back in front of you, you'll see a Connect card like the one that I'm holding. Simply fill that out for us, and after service, go straight through these center doors to our Connect area, and we want to meet you, and we want to give you a gift from our church, so please do that for us. Uh, let's all stand up right now, and let's just go to our Lord in prayer. Father, we love you, and you alone are worthy of our praise, and today we do praise you corporately, Lord. Uh, we lift your name up, and we pray that, Lord, you'll just uh, fill this house with your spirit and just, uh, Lord, speak into our hearts as only you can. And, Lord, as we continue singing, uh, help us just to lift our voices to you. Thank you for our praise team, Lord, that's prepared to lead us into worship. And as Brother Will comes and preaches the gospel today, just anoint him and speak through him, Lord, and help us to be responsive to you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please get around and welcome one another this morning.
Thank you. You may be seated. Y'all are singing great this morning. I love it. We'll soon be done with troubles and trials. Some of these days
Well, that was awesome, wasn't it? Man, I tell you what, they are, they were on fire today. Wow, thank you, praise team. And if, if you enjoy that music, come back tonight at 6 o'clock. Uh, we're going to have a business meeting, our yearly business meeting. But this praise team is going to lead us in worship tonight. So uh, come back tonight for that uh, fiery music and a fiery business meeting all, all in one evening. It's good to be with you today. You glad to be here? I am excited to be in the Lord's house, uh, to be able to worship Him, and to be able to praise His name. Uh, we're in a series of sermons simply entitled, Praise the Lord. Our key verse is Psalm 150, verse 6. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's our corporate theme verse. Our individual theme verse is Psalm 119, 164. Seven times a day I will praise you for your righteous laws. And our assignment has been that uh, throughout each day we would simply pause at least seven times and just give praise to God and thank Him for who He is and what He's doing and exalt His name. Uh, if you've been on this journey with us over these past seven weeks, uh, you understand the Bible is full of praise, right? Praise is to be given to our God. Uh, from the rising of the sun to the setting of the same, His name is to be praised. And if we as individual humans who were created to praise him do not praise him, inanimate objects like rocks will receive the blessing as they cry out praise to the Lord. So it is our duty, our joyful duty to give praise to our God. Amen? And we're learning how to do that together as a church. And, and I believe it's having a tremendous impact on us individually and as a church. So today, uh, praise the Lord number seven and I want to talk to you about the, the path that we can take to praise the Lord. My passage is found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Three very simple verses, 16, 17, and 18. I love these three verses out of 1 Thessalonians 5. In fact, just a few years ago, I preached a, a mini-series from these verses and spent uh, an entire sermon on each one of these verses. Don't worry, I'm not preaching those three sermons combined today, all right? Uh, th this is a totally different perspective from these three verses, but just listen to what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16. It simply says, Rejoice always. That's pretty simple, isn't it? I mean, you can say that aloud with me on the count of three. One, two, three. Rejoice always. That's easy to say. Brother, let me tell you, it's another thing to actually flesh that out and do it. And always have a spirit of joy. Always be rejoicing. Verse 17 is the same thing. Pray without ceasing. And as I get into this, I'll tell you that I believe these processes are laid on top of each other. The only way you can pray without ceasing is if you're always rejoicing. And then maybe the kicker is in verse 18. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus 
concerning you. And Heavenly Father, I pray that you would speak these words into our hearts this morning. As I try to speak on the outside, may your Holy Spirit actually speak in our hearts. Take these words and impress them upon our soul. Dear Lord, I pray that we would be a people who are always rejoicing, that we are praying without ceasing, and in everything, dear Lord, that we are giving thanks to you, knowing that this is your will for our life. I love you, dear Lord. I commit this time to you. Speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I would, I would appreciate your prayers this morning. I've been, I've been uh, going head-to-head uh, -head all week with the congestion thing again. This is about my third or fourth episode of this for this year. And uh, I finally succumbed yesterday and went to the doctor, said, listen, dude, i got to preach three times tomorrow, so do something. And he gave me a couple of shots and a lot of medicine. So we're just hoping I can make it through. My voice does. It may go out on me, and if I start coughing, you know the process. You just all start coughing with me. Right? <laughs> and we'll just kind of work our way through it, all right? Uh, good thing about it, my sermon will probably be short today, all right? I know that is a deflation for many of y'all. but uh. Now, our text, these three verses, do not speak of praise per se. But the fact is that if anyone will obey the three injunctions contained in these three verses, praise is going to be the end result. The absence of any one of these three will prohibit praise from its fullest expression in our life, but the presence of these three exercises is going to land us smack dab in the middle of praise. Let me put it another way. I shoot uh, cowboy action, and, and my shotgun that I use is an SKB200E, and it has three beads on the barrel. Now, the barrel's only 22 inches long. You wouldn't even think you needed a bead on that barrel to hit a target that's seven yards out there, but believe you me, you do need some beads on there to line things up. And I've got three of them on my barrel. And when I line all three of those beads on the target, guess what? I'm going to hit the target. And when we line up all three of these verses together, the end result is we're going to hit the target. And what is the target for us? It's the courts of praise. It's praising the Lord. So today, let's line all three of these verses up. And the first verse teaches us that it needs to be our choice, we need to make the choice to rejoice. Verse 16, rejoice always. Now, the Bible has a whole lot to say about joy, the joy of the Lord. One does not have to read the Bible a great deal to be convinced that God wants his people to be a joyful people. Why? Because our God is a joyful God. Nehemiah spoke to his people and said this in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks, and send some for those who have nothing prepared. This day is to be sacred unto the Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Our joy is found in Jesus. Jesus becomes the strength of our life. Therefore, he is our joy. There is joy in knowing God. There's joy in following God. There's joy in knowing that he's got the whole world in his hands. 
And our strength comes from that joy. The people of God, you read this in the Bible, the people of God, when they were right with God, were a joyful people. But it's when we break fellowship with God that we lose that joy. I mean, when, when you're living for the Lord and you're doing what he tells you in his word and things are right between you and the Holy Spirit, let me tell you, there's joy in your life. It's a joy this world can't give, nor does it understand, nor can it explain. It's the joy of the Lord. And so when God's people are living for him, they are a joyful people. The Psalms are filled with joy. I mean, I could stand here for the rest of the hour and simply read verse after verse from the book of Psalms that include the word joy and rejoice. It's found throughout the Psalms. I've condensed it down to just seven verses that I've picked out for you as just an example of these verses. For example, Psalm 5, verse 11. But let all who take refuge in you, Lord, be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Psalm 30, verse 11. You have turned my wailing into dancing. You have removed my sackcloth, and you, Lord, have clothed me with joy. Psalm 33, 3. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for what? For joy. Psalm 47, verse 1. Shout with joy to God all the earth. Psalm 81, verse 1, sing with joy to God our strength. Shout aloud to the God of Jacob. Psalm 95, verse 1, come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. And then maybe one of my favorite is Psalm 126, verse 3. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. I mean, think of it. God has done so many great things for us. Why wouldn't we be filled with joy? Again, those are just a sampling of some of the verses that are found in the book of Psalms that tell us to rejoice always. Why? Because God's given us joy. Isaiah's message was interspersed with joy. For example, in Isaiah chapter 12, verse 3 and 6 says, With joy. You will draw water from the wells of salvation. Shout aloud and sing for joy, people of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel among you. Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet. And you read through his prophecy, and there's a lot to weep about, let me tell you. But yet he said this in Jeremiah 15, 16. When your words came, I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight. For I bear your name, O Lord God Almighty. The case of joy continues in the New Testament with Jesus, our joyful Savior, bringing joy wherever he goes. He says this in John 15, verse 11. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. When his coming was announced, there was joy. Luke 2.10, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. His earthly mother Mary's song begins with a shout of joy. Luke 1.46, my soul praises the Lord and my spirit 
rejoices in God my Savior. You know, Jesus encouraged joy, even in the worst of circumstances. Jesus said this in Luke's Gospel, chapter 6, Blessed are you when men hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy because great is your reward in heaven. The life of Jesus was founded on joy. It was the centerpiece of his life. In fact, the writer of the book of Hebrews gives us insight into the deep joy of Jesus even when he went to the cross. Remember Hebrews 12, verse 2? Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Joy was also in the Apostle Paul's life. In fact, he was the apostle of joy. He reminded us in Romans 14, 17, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God, and he is approved by men. Paul goes on to assure us that a facet of the fruit of the Spirit is joy. He wrote his most joyful letter from a prison cell. And in the midst of it, he was able to say, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. And then he said, Rejoice in the Lord always. And I will say it again. Rejoice. Even in the face of all his trials, he anticipated the finishing of his course with great joy. Now, I've gone into great detail to establish this important point. And, and, and maybe you think I have gone into laborious detail to establish this point. But I, I want you to understand the point. And it is simply this. Joy is necessary for praise. Joy is at the very center of a life of praise. And, and I'm not speaking of a light and fluffy feeling of emotion with shallow silliness. Not at all. I am speaking of genuine joy that only comes from knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. Obviously, joy is not a consensus of emotions, but it is a spiritual choice. You choose joy. You choose to rejoice. You, you may not always feel it, and I'm going to talk about feelings later on in detail. Feelings are immaterial. Joy is a choice. God has given us everything we need for His joy. Remember, His joy is our strength. Therefore, we simply must choose joy. So my first responsibility as I prepare my life for praise is to make it a choice to rejoice. Always. I'm choosing to rejoice always. Now, does that make me different than most people in this world? 
Let, let me just back off a little bit. Does that make me different than most Christians? I think so. It's a mindset. I choose. I choose with a volitional will. I choose to rejoice. Always. Number two, pray without ceasing, verse 17. That is a persistence in prayer. Now, I don't know what you think of when you hear pray without ceasing. I, I will say this. It, it is physically impossible for us to pray all the time. But I do believe it is a joyful possibility that, that we be in a prayerful spirit all the time. It's a matter of developing a Godward look. The regular time that we spend with God is absolutely necessary and, and it's going to render us more likely to remain in a state of prayerfulness. So let, let me just say, let me say it another way. We should never allow anything to come into our life that would cause a wedge between us and God where we could not cry out in a moment, in an instant, Abba, Father, I need you. Nor should you go so long without praying that you have to reintroduce yourself to God when you do pray. That's what this is meaning. One, one commentator, and I don't really like this illustration, but I kind of get it. He says it's like that nagging, hacking cough that won't go away. I don't think that's a real good illustration because I've had that nagging, hacking cough all week, and it's very irritating. Huh? But that is the meaning of this praying without ceasing. When you feel the tickle in your, in your throat and you have to cough, well, it, it's the same thing. You just pray without ceasing. It's a persistency in prayer. You, you never let anything come between your communication line between you and God. Now, there are tons of illustrations and applications of prayers given in the Bible. One that always stands out to me is the prayer of Jabez. Don't you find that prayer intriguing? It's found over in the book of 1 Chronicles chapter 4, and, and they're actually just listing uh, lineages and genealogies, and it's pretty boring as you read through those first few chapters of, of 1 Chronicles. But then you get to chapter 4 and you hit verse 9, and, and there's something different there. It's not just a listing of a genealogy. There, there is a little story in two verses. And here's what it says. Now, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. So number one, that is the prominence that describes him. There was something special about this guy. There was honor to his life. Maybe more so than anyone in his family, but perhaps even in his generation. He was an honorable man. He was a good man. He was a godly man. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. Number two, that's the pain that designated him. His name literally means pain. How would you like a name like that? We, we don't know exactly what happened. Maybe there was problems in the birthing process. Maybe it was a bad situation that Jabez was born into. We have absolutely no idea, but for some reason, his mama gave him the name Pain. Wow. Now, that's horrible. 
Pain, get in here. Pain, supper's ready. I mean, you can't ever get away from it. It becomes your identity, right? How horrible. But you know what? He was an honorable man. He rose above that. Because the third point in this little passage is the praying that distinguished him. And Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, and that you would enlarge my territory, and that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, so that I would not cause pain. What an awesome prayer. What a prayer from the heart. And you know what? I don't think he prayed that just one time. It was a persistent prayer. It was his daily prayer. Lord, bless me. Enlarge my territory. May your hand be on me. Keep me from the evil one. Because God, I don't want to cause others, nor do I want to cause you pain. Then number four, the preference that, the, that delighted him. The verse ends by saying, so God granted him what he requested. God answers his prayer. And that is the reward for persistent praying. Such praying is a preface to prayer. So let us pray first, let us pray last, and let us pray always. And I've said this before. You can pray without praise. But you cannot praise without prayer. So the first two beads. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. And then the kicker is in verse 18. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It's the gratitude attitude. Now, I'm, I'm not a linguist, and, and I, can, I can barely do the English language, much less Greek or Hebrew. But let, let me just talk to you a second about the grammar that's involved here. Notice the verse says, in everything, give thanks. It does not say, for everything, give thanks. Because you know what? I, I cannot be thankful and grateful for sin. I really can't be grateful for bad things that happen to other people. I'm not, I'm not grateful that... The apartment complex behind us caught on fire last night. One of those back units, the, the building completely burned down. I'm, I'm not grateful that that happened. But you know what? In the circumstance, I can find something to be grateful for. It doesn't say be, be grateful for it, but it says be grateful in it. The command is this, in, in everything, give thanks. But that's tripped up many a saints, even the in part. <laughs> many respond by asking, you mean in everything? And I reply, yes, in everything. Now, I really don't know anyone who has learned to praise the Lord continuously who did not develop this gratitude of attitude. Having an attitude of gratitude is a valuable part of our mental, emotional and spiritual health. C.S. Lewis put it this way. He said, praise is inner health that is made audible. 
means everything is healthy inside. Therefore, we can praise God through our mouth. But, but how does one develop an attitude of gratitude? How does one take command of his or her emotions? I think the simple answer is by obedience. We do it by obeying. We are simply to do as we have been told to do. And here in this passage, the command is, in everything, give thanks. I could just put a period there. But he goes on and says, because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In everything, give thanks because this is God's will for your life. Now, it, it seems advisable here to point out a, a common misconception. Nowhere are we ever commanded to feel grateful. Okay? In fact, there, there are times when we have very little to do with our feelings. You, you know about feelings. Feelings. I'm not going to sing the rest of the song, but feelings are like weather in Arkansas. <laughs> They're fickle. They come, they go. They are a very unreliable reporter to the true condition of things in our life. We are commanded, however, to give thanks. There was no mention of feelings or assessments in this text. Giving thanks is an act of the will. Not only do we make it our choice to rejoice, as an act of the will, we give thanks. Now, I can think that all of us in this room probably give thanks easily when things are going well in our life. When, when we get picked for the team, when we get a promotion at work, when, when the doctor's report comes back good, when we get a bonus at work or a promotion, or you know, our wife tells us, man, you, you're looking so good. You, you're, you're turning into a, the hunk I've always wanted, you know. I've yet to hear that, but I'm working on that. <laughs> when things are going well, we, we can give thanks, correct? But it's when the lights go out, and when the health breaks down, and when matters go badly, that we are mystified over this command to give thanks in all things. So what's the secret? I, I, I think a couple of verses can help us at this point. And we look lost. Are we lost? Are we, are we together? Let me give you a couple of verses that, that help us understand to give thanks always. The first one is found in Romans 8, 28. Very familiar verse. Paul says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. In the phrase there, all things. And we know that in all things... God works for the good. That is our redemption and the foundation of our continuing thanksgiving. Why? Because God is working all things 
for our good and for his purpose. Even when we can't see it, by faith we believe God is working. Therefore, we don't have to merely grin and bear it, gritting our teeth and tolerating the circumstances. We can give thanks, knowing that the end result of even the worst of conditions is going to be for our good and for God's glory. You belong to Him. He is your Abba Father. He loves you. He's going to take care of you. And even though things are bleak right now, hang on, because God is working. I, I, I always heard that illustration as a kid growing up about the, the tapestry. You know, the underside of a tapestry or of a weaving is, is, is ugly. The, the flip side, though, is a beautiful pattern. Y- y'all have heard that? I remember when I was in the sixth grade, we had to make a tapestry for our mothers out of yarn. Bad, bad thing is the, the, the top side of my tapestry looked about as bad as the back side of my tapestry. So, you know, it, illustration hadn't meant much to me through the years, but I hope you get it. God is working, man, in all things. So you know what? I, I, can, I can give thanks. I can give thanks even when things are falling apart. Even, even, even when my darkest days come and I cry out to God, God, I can't take any more of this. And believe you me, I've had a few of those days. Have you? And then guess what happens? The next day is worse. But you know, God is working. He's never let us down, nor will he let us down. The second passage comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Listen to verses 15 through 18. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes on not what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, and what is unseen is eternal. Now, i got eight little bullet points I'm going to throw up on the screen for you that you need to see that these verses are teaching us. Number one, what is happening is really for our benefit. God doesn't waste any circumstance in our life to make us better people. God wants us to be like Christ. And so everything that we go through is for our benefit, even the tough days, even the rough days. Let me tell you something, Robert, I wouldn't be half the man I am today had I not had to go through the junk I went through for seven years in Pine Bluff, Arkansas. And let me tell you, every day was a boatload of junk. I'm I'm serious. And and I, I, you know, at the time I was thinking, God, what is going on here? I mean, I surrendered my life to ministry to be a servant for you. Why am I having to go through this? 
But I look back on it now. God used everything in those seven years to make me into the man I am today. Praise God for that. So everything is for our benefit. Number two, the result will be overflowing grace that causes thanksgiving. So keep your praise up, man. The, the good times are coming, causing thanksgiving. Number three, thanksgiving is going to bring glory to God. We go right into his courts praising him. Number four, outwardly, there is no reason for discouragement. In fact, he says specifically in this verse, don't lose heart. Right in the middle of it, don't lose heart. Don't throw in the white flag. Things are going to be okay. Keep on going. Why? Verse 5, inwardly there is spiritual renewal. God has promised to renew us day by day. Another promise is God has promised not to pour anything on us that we cannot handle or bear with his help and his control. Number six, our troubles are really very light and momentary. They're not going to last forever. You, you want to talk about something heavy? Let's talk about hell. Let's talk about condemnation. Let's talk about an eternity separated from God. That's heavy, and that is lasting. What you're going through right now, hey, man, it seems like a big deal, but in light of eternity, it, it's not. Number seven, those troubles are walk, working for us a glory that is greatly going to surpass them. So you hang in there. Number eight, we choose then to keep our eyes on the unseen realities rather than the seen. We're going to keep our eyes on the throne of grace. Keep our eyes on God. That's how we can praise. Therefore, I can say of everything that comes into my life, you know what? This is from God. It is for my benefit and it is for his glory. I choose to thank him in all things. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this gift. I receive it from you with gratitude that you will make it all that it was meant to be from eternity past. And I know this is God's will for my life. And so I thank you. Here's a helpful reminder. When you don't feel like thanking the Lord, thank God until you feel like thanking Him, and then thank Him some more. So, choose the path that leads to praise. You make it your choice to rejoice. You pray persistently. Don't allow anything or anyone to block that line of communication between you and God. And then adopt the gratitude attitude. Having done so, you will find yourself standing on the parapet of praise, ready to cry out with all of eternity. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's line these three things up in our life today and live a life of praise. Heavenly Father, help us to do that today. There may be some of us in this room that need to come and receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. I pray that today would be a day of salvation for some. Lord, for others who need to come and recommit their life to you, may they do so. Lord, for all of us, 
May we spend these next few moments, whether at our seat or at these altars, lining these three commandments up in our life, making it our choice to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing, and in everything, giving thanks, knowing that this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for us. Lord, make it easy for those who need to come, to come and work your will in our lives today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with heads bowed and eyes closed? Angie's going to sing and play. If you need to come and pray, the altars are open. I ask that you come, would you? Thank you. Thank you for saving our souls. Thank you, dear Lord, for giving us fellowship in this church. Thank you, dear Lord, for all the blessings of life. Lord, for each person in this room who's going through their own struggle in life, I pray that these words from this sermon today would find a a lodging place in our heart and that we would make it our choice to rejoice, that we would pray about everything without ceasing and that in everything we would give you thanks and praise. I love you, Lord. Thank you for these people. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. God bless you. I'm going to ask our ushers if they would make ready for this morning's offering. And as they're preparing, I want to read a a short card to you. It says, Dear Kavanaugh Church, on behalf of the Hodges family, Derek and I would like to thank you for the lovely plant sent for our father's funeral. We appreciate your thoughts and your prayers from uh, Brother Delbert Hodges. He lost his dad, who was a great free will Baptist preacher, and that funeral was Friday morning. Love you, buddy. Praying for you and your family. Let's give today because uh, it's the right thing to do, and God loves a cheerful giver. So put that smile back on your face. Put the smile back on your face you had when you were singing that first song when we came in, all right? I just want to praise the Lord. And let's praise God through giving. Stacy Cronister, would you bless this offering?
forgiving. Now, if you go to Brother Charlie's Sunday school class, they're going to have class this morning. Brother Ray is going to have his class at 4 o'clock this afternoon. But for the rest of us who come at 6 for Bible study, uh, we're not going to have Bible study tonight. It's going to be a church business meeting. Uh, when you walk in uh, today, these were being passed out. If you didn't get one, make sure that you get a copy. It's a copy of our 2018 budget and also uh, election of officers. That's what we're going to do this evening. So come tonight at 6, uh, ready to take care of the, the business of the church. If you have any question concerning uh, this budget or anything else, make sure you see one of our board members, myself or Brother Jason, uh, to answer your question before tonight, all right? Uh, here's what I want you to know. God loves you, and I love you too. Have a great day praising the Lord.